Danny J. And I'm Jill Coleman. Welcome to the Best Life Podcast. Here, we talk about everything from success, money, relationships, and entrepreneurship to productivity, honest communication, positive psychology, and how to cultivate an abundance mindset. Make money, travel the world, deepen your relationships, live full out. This is the best life. Welcome back to the Best Life Podcast. This is Danny J. And Jill Coleman. And first off, we want to mention our sponsor, Organifi. I actually wanted to talk about their probiotics. Uh, Jill and I were just in Mexico a few weeks ago. And um, if you don't know anything about me and TMI, but my digestion is as slow as molasses. <laughs> and we joked around about, about drinking the Mexico water because apparently it just goes right through you well they put big signs in the bathrooms that say do not drink the tap water so i was joking around about taking a big glass of the mexican water and drinking it just to make myself go to the bathroom but whenever i travel and i i know jill knows this we went to mexico last year with Lori harder and uh we were there for like five days and i did not go so anyway long story short i get home I start taking the Organifi probiotics again, and like a charm, I'm back on schedule, and my stomach feels so much better. I just need that stuff. I don't know. I got, Yeah, I should have taken them with me. No, I think it's awesome. And you know, one of the things I do love about Organifi, so you and I, I, I don't know about you, but I'm definitely doing a dry January. So if you guys don't know, we're actually recording this on New Year's Eve. And just to say the last, I don't know, seven to 10 days have been a lot of alcohol. We've been with family, we've been doing holidays, all those kind of things. So we're gonna be doing a dry January. Uh, and I have been taking the Organifi Greens the entire time because obviously, you know, when you're drinking a lot of times, like you lose those minerals, micronutrients, those kind of things a lot faster. So I've definitely been taking the greens pretty regularly and I can definitely feel a difference in terms of just my energy, especially being able to train the whole time uh, and all that kind of stuff all through the holidays. So I'm looking forward to it and I'm looking forward to continuing that into the new year. I love the greens. They're so, so good. good. Yeah. I gave them out in everyone's stocking at Christmas actually. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So you guys, if you want to try these out, go to Organifi.com and you can enter the best life, all lowercase at checkout and get 20% off. They have been super generous to give you guys that discount. So check it out. And if you want to do a dry January with us, also let us know in our Facebook group. It will be fun. Maybe some of you guys are dry all the fun. time. <laughs> No, that would be amazing. Yeah, yeah, I think I think it's good to have a little detox. Because, you know, I mean, it's one thing, too. I know in this podcast, we'll talk a lot about physique change and, you know, some fitness stuff. And I know, you know, Danny's gone through a pretty extensive adrenal fatigue and stuff. But, you know, a lot of what it comes down to with alcohol isn't just necessarily, like, can I do my clothes fit? Am I still lean? You know, sometimes we think about that. But it's just, it is a poison. Yeah. As much as I love it, it definitely is a poison. And, you know, it's, sometimes it's good to give your liver a break. So we'll see. Little liver break. Yep. All right, so let's get into our topic today. Yep. We are going to talk about uh, taking action in the face of fear or not knowing what to do. Yeah, towards your dreams. So we actually asked this question in our uh, The Best Life Facebook group. If you, have, you guys are not in it, make sure you go to Facebook and search The Best Life Podcast and add yourself. It's a free group where we have a lot of discussion in there. And we did a poll and we were actually a little bit surprised that this was the number one thing that people were interested in. So they want to know, how do you take action towards your dreams when you are scared or when you don't know what to do, which are kind of two different things. 
things, but we'll talk about both of those things today. So Danny, tell me, like, do you hear this a lot from clients? Do people say this to you? Like, what are some of the biggest, I know you, you talk to a lot of women who want to either build their business or get out of debt or, you know, spend money on an online program or, you know, become an entrepreneur. And a lot of times they get stuck. Yeah. So what's going on there? Yeah, I see. I mean, I just recently got this. Somebody was asking me, I do a, a like a live every Monday called Master Your Monday. And somebody had asked me, how do you leave a corporate job when you're afraid or if you're afraid of losing the paycheck? Yeah. I hear that one probably one of the most, I think because of us and doing online business, we know a lot of people who want to do online business, but they're scared to leave that steady paycheck. Sure. And you know, it also comes down to relationships because I started talking about my divorce and you started talking about yours. I've heard a lot of people say, well, they, they feel like they need to leave a marriage, but they're scared of leaving that safety, security. A lot of it's financial, actually. And maybe just because they talk more about money, um, I get a lot of that, of people being afraid to leave because they don't have the safety of a paycheck or somebody else's paycheck or whatever that is. And they don't know what the future is going to look like. They've yeah. actually shown in research that people are much more scared of losing something, even if it's like a mediocre something, then they are for see the benefit of gain, right? Mm -hmm. So we're not as excited about what the future could hold as we are scared about what we're potentially losing. And so I know, you know, it took both of us a little bit of time to finally make the decision to leave the marriage or, you know, file for divorce. But I know you've had some other stories too. One of the stories for me was, you know, making, I think a lot of times investing in yourself making a huge investment. So I know for both of us, that's our value system. Our value system is always be learning. It is uh, invest in yourself, abundance mindset, spending money to make money. And I've spent literally tens of thousands of dollars every single year for the last seven years. And I know you probably have too. That what was it like that first time that you did? It's always like kind of scary, yep. but the first time was always the toughest. So what was the first time that you made a huge investment in yourself? Yeah, the very first time for me was actually not. And looking back, it was a very small investment compared to what I've done now. But I, I can definitely remember the very first time for me was January 2013. It was very much a. Actually, there's going to be two things. One was with my body. One was with finances, and one was with work. So I actually have three different ones. And ultimately they all came down to the same thing. So I guess the very, very first was my body stuff. Um, I was just finishing up fitness competitions. I gained like 30 pounds within two months. I was really, really struggling with my weight and I had been struggling for probably two years. So I, I stopped competing in 2009, 10, and this was around 2012 and I was just so exhausted. And I was so tired of weighing all my food, of going to the gym for three, four hours to feel like I just had to maintain. And it literally was a moment of, I can't do this anymore and just fuck it, I gotta do something different. And that was the very first time with my body of just making this like, I have to do something, I'm terrified. I actually was so terrified that because I gained weight so rapidly, I literally thought, I was going to get up to over 200 pounds and just become obese within like a matter of months because that's how quickly I was putting weight on. But I was also to a place where I just, I couldn't do what I was doing anymore. So it was a moment of like, I can't do this anymore and I'm so scared to do something different, but I have to. And so I just stopped doing all the things that I was doing. I stopped going to the gym, I stopped counting, I stopped weighing, I stopped measuring. And so that was the very first time I did um, with a body. Was that because you got to a point where like, did you have to get to a low point? Did you have to get to a point? Because my thing is people don't change because they're not in enough pain yet. Uh -huh. And I know I have a very similar story about body. 
And for me, it was the same thing. It was it had reached a level of misery yeah. that the alternative of gaining 50 pounds overnight was actually better than what I was currently doing. Is that, was that your experience? Yeah, too? I was actually going to ask you too, if it's, because I think for me, and this is for me personally, I don't know, but I feel like every time when I think about it, whether it was body, leaving a job that I didn't like, um, investing in something or, you know, spending money that I just didn't have. Each one of those times was actually, I just felt like I was almost up against a wall and I was like, there's nothing else I can do at this point. I don't know. It was just one of those. It's like, what's the alternative? I got to I have to do something different. And I felt very desperate. And that was definitely a common thread of all of those was feeling really desperate to change. Yeah, for sure. And so, you know, the reason why I wanted to even talk about investing money in yourself, like obviously mm-hmm. that doesn't, isn't necessarily the, the exact way you have to do things. But, you know, I think for me, making that leap to invest in myself and be becoming someone that does spend money to make money mm-hmm. was a huge mindset shift. Yeah. And it was because I had spent that, that I had the accountability of a coach and I was able to finally create the outcomes that I wanted. Right. So we're talking about making moves towards your dreams. And I always think that that comes down to having either a coach or investing in a program, investing in education, something like that, that is totally outside your comfort zone. So we're using this as an example, uh, but it can be anything, right? It can be like you said, leaving a relationship, leaving a full-time job, whatever. So for those who are on the call, who maybe feel a little bit stuck in their job. Yeah. Do they just jump and like hope they have a plan or what do they do? So actually tell us when you left your job, what you did, because sure. we both, we both were kind of in a paycheck job Yep. and we both left to do our own thing. So go back to that moment. Cause I think that there's, there's a lot of similarities between the investing in yourself, between the money thing and maybe we can answer that question with your story too. Yeah. So I know for me, and, and I think this goes to a lot of different things, whether it's leaving a relationship or changing the, the relationship or moving or, you know, being, leaving a job. And a lot of it comes down to, I think, uh, starting the wheels turning. And so for me, it was a year that I was actually kind of starting to get miserable in my job. I was actually starting to get miserable in my full-time job. And I kept saying, you know, I'm going to leave, I'm going to leave, I'm going to leave. And I kept not doing it. I kept not doing it. It took me about a year. And I think most people think you plan for this kind of thing. And my experience was that I didn't. And it was just like uh, my dad has a saying that's it's gradually, 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 suddenly. And that's how it was for me. So um, I was working full time and I was making about $40,000 a year. I had salary, benefits, et cetera. Job was not challenging me. I was in it for eight years. I had already started Jill Fit. Jill Fit was about a year old, but I wasn't making enough money really to if I left my full-time job to have the same lifestyle as I was keeping at that time. And one day, I was in a staff meeting. It was the one mandatory thing we had to do per week. I mean, I had the best of all worlds. I had a lot of freedom and autonomy in my job, but I had a mandatory staff meeting on Tuesday mornings and there was a bunch of us and I just felt like people just kept talking because they wanted to hear themselves talk. If anyone is in a corporate job, I'm sure you can relate to this. And I was sitting in that and usually it's like maybe an hour long. It was two and a half hours. And so what I did was I took a piece of paper out and I just started writing ways like listing ways that I could make money. I was like, okay, if I quit this job, I can do more fitness modeling. I can take on more clients. I can start a morning boot camp. I can do online programs. I can create more stuff. Like I just made a whole list of stuff. And by the end of it, I was so just fed up and tired and exhausted that I marched right into my boss's office. And I said, this is my two weeks notice. 
And it wasn't anything. The job was fine, but I wasn't feeling challenged. And I, so I, and at the time, Jade and I were still together. And I called him. I was like, hey, just want you to know, I just quit my job. Can we? And he was like, and to his credit, he was like, we'll get, we'll figure it out. We'll, we'll make it work. We'll make it work. And yeah, we, I had to take a pay cut. I had to take a temporary pay cut. I, you know, had to watch my finances more closely. I was not able to maintain the lifestyle because I wasn't quite ready. And so I think we'll talk a lot about that in this podcast, which is you have to jump before you're making yeah. all the same money, yeah. right? A lot of times we think, oh, once I make the money and you and I get on a lot of sales calls and what I hear over and over from women is I really want to do it, but I have to make the money first. Yeah. And we know that never happens. Yeah. And so what is different about someone that just jumps when they're not quite making the money to ones that are like, I need to have all my ducks in a row and then I'll jump. And I know for you and I, I mean, we've seen people who don't have all the ducks in a row make the jump and figure it out on the fly. Yep. You and I were that way. And anyone I've seen who's successful does that same thing. I, I feel like you have to. It's really, so, I mean, I have a really similar story. I wasn't in a staff meeting, but you know, I ended up just really despising my job and just waiting to get out of it. But the funny thing, when you said um, just not having it and thinking you have to make the money first. Yep. So my first investment in myself was so small and it was, it was January, 2012 and my husband and I had just lost our home. We filed bankruptcy. We moved to Dallas. He was making $35,000 a year. I couldn't do personal training anymore because I just didn't want to start over. So I just was doing my online business and it wasn't making enough money to like really, it wasn't making what I was making back home. And um, I remember finding out about this workshop. It was $400 and it was all about like getting out of debt and helping with your money mindset. And I literally just had cleared $500 on my credit card. And I didn't have the cash, so I was going to have to charge $400 back on the card to basically max it out to go to this thing about getting out of debt. And I remember thinking, well, let me get out of debt first and then I'll go to the workshop. But at the same time, in the back of my mind, I thought that's kind of silly because this workshop is to help you get out of debt. But I was also going into debt to go to it. So there was so much of this like yeah. mind mess going on. Um, and I was just like, okay, I, I'm going to get out of debt first and then I'm going to go to workshop to learn how to get out of debt. And I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. So I remember looking at the testimonials and reading them over and over and over and just thinking, okay, if I can just go to this and make my $400 back, yep. then it will be worth it. And so I just went in with this mindset of, I, I got to make the money back. I did not have the money. I put it on a charge card. I literally barely even had the clearance on the charge card. I didn't even know if it would clear to be honest because I had just paid and and then I figured it out and so yeah I think there is something and I don't know if this is like a spiritual thing of like the universe will just collaborate to make things work for you or what but I really believe I think that there's just some kind of belief in yourself yeah. that suddenly you're like I'm on the hook and now I have to do this what I have seen a lot of people's barriers is exactly what you said they worry that if they invest that they're not gonna take full advantage of it or they're not gonna do the work. So I hear from a lot of people saying, you know, I really wanna invest, but I don't trust myself to do it, do mm -hmm. the program. I wanna get the most out of the program. And I'll tell my story really quick, because it's very similar. But the interesting thing about my story, similar thing, I was stuck, I was in Jillfit. Jillfit was about a year and a half old. I had not quit my full-time job yet. We were maxed out. It was, we were making good money, but I had five trainers on. We were all doing time for money still. So mm -hmm. if you're a personal trainer, a health professional, and you're listening to this, you know that the grind at the gym is like, you only get paid if you see a client. If you go on vacation, you don't, you don't make that money, right? So it's all time for money. And the funny thing is once I got online, it still was time for money because I had to write the meal plan, get on the phone with them, 
going back and forth on email. So even my one-on-one distance coaching could be maxed out. So instead of now working at the gym 70 hours a week, and then I added on top of that all these other hours, because I didn't know how to write a course, I didn't know how to create a program or a product or something that could sell while I was sleeping. And so we were maxed out. And I remember just feeling super stuck. So I reached out to, I think some of you guys maybe heard me tell a story. I reached out to someone in the fitness industry who I really looked up to. You know, it's funny because back then I was still kind of in the modeling space and I looked around the, the like fitness modeling industry too. And I was like, you know, I really admire Jamie Eason, Tosca Reno, mm-hmm. these people who were like fitness models competitors. But I was like, you know, they're they're not living the life that I want. I don't want to be doing booth work. I don't want to be, uh, you know, being promoted by a supplement company, blah, blah. So I looked at someone who had a couple book deals, who had a column in women's health, who was running a successful business with her husband. And I reached out to her and I said, hey, I'd love to, I don't know if you do business coaching. And by the way, you guys, if you're interested in business coaching with someone, don't wait until they tell you that the program is available. Reach out to them in advance if that's the person you want to learn from, because you might, you never know, they might be uh, taking on clients. So I reached out to her on Facebook, as one does, said, hey, do you do business coaching? She said, sure, it's uh, $375 for 30 minutes. And I was like, oh my God, that's so much. How can I possibly, like, I couldn't believe it, right? I'm blaming her. Like, how can she possibly charge that? It's her fault that it's so expensive. And so I said, similar to you, if I can make $376 back by, you know, something I learned this call, then it's worth it. So I put it on my PayPal account. And at the end of the call, she pitched me on her $10,000 year-long mastermind. And, you know, my response, she's crazy. (laughs) This bitch is crazy. How can she charge that much? I can't afford that. Got a phone. I mean, it was like a done deal. Like, there's no way I can afford that. Done deal. So told Jade. And it was a couple weeks later that he was like, you know what, Jill? Like, we have to make this. We have to figure this out. And it was at that point that I was like, you're right, I'm going to figure this out. I don't know how I'm going to do it. And I actually launched Best of You, which is my year-long mentorship, for the very first time. I didn't know everything, but I knew a little bit. I knew enough. We had gotten Jill Fit to had a good platform, good following. We were you know, making six figures as a business. And not all of that was going in my pocket, by the way. I was paying out to five trainers. And so I said, but I still didn't have $10,000 sitting around, obviously. Barely had $375 sitting around. And so I launched Best of You for the first time. I made $17,000 by getting 14 clients. That was it. 14 people committed for a year, which, you know, that's really great after a year and a half. But it was something I never would have done otherwise. But here's the interesting thing. Once I signed up for the mastermind, for her mastermind, I was able to pay for it. I didn't actually take advantage of it. But my business completely changed in that year, not because the advice I was getting from her was like top-notch stuff. A lot of stuff I kind of like knew intuitively, but it was the act of putting the $10,000 out there and launching Best of You for the very first time that up-leveled my mindset to someone who's like, okay, I'm legit doing this as a full-time job, not a hobby anymore. I'm not messing around. I'm on the level. It was the act of spending that money and adopting that that mindset of I invest in myself, I invest in my business, and I trust myself enough. And so, you know, yes, I made the $10,000 back over and over and over again, but it wasn't as a result of their advice. It was as a result of just becoming someone who invests in themselves. Yeah. And so for me, I mean, I maybe asked three questions like the whole year and it was just more about like, okay, I'm on the level now. And it was, it was seeing myself become that type of person. So how do you, how does, if someone's scared to to make that investment, how do they trust themselves enough? Yeah. It's so funny because 
Jill and I talk about this a lot, actually, because we talk to so many people on the phone and we get these comments in, in our inbox. I mean, I got a girl the other day who messaged me and she goes, do you do one on one? And I, I gave her my rates and then she disappeared. I reached back out to follow up and she goes, yeah, I don't have a job. And so I need to make money first before I reach out, before I talk to you. And I was like, you need to talk to me first before you make money. And it's so funny because it's it's like the what comes first, the chicken or the egg. But honestly, a lot of times you have to do the thing before you have the money or you yeah. have to do the thing before you have the answers. And it's, it's so counterintuitive. And I know it's, it, I hate to say this and it's not like Jill is more of, um, breaking things down and putting it into like, you know, rules, I guess. And I'm just some, I, I don't know what's different about me, but I told Jill, we were walking today. I go, one of the things for me is just having a fuck it attitude. Sometimes I, and I think just looking back at like the dieting thing for me, I was like, I can't do this anymore. I've just got to say, fuck it. What else is there? And it's like, what do I have to lose? The, I was mm-hmm. in so much pain or so much discomfort or so much just, I can't do this anymore. Stop I can't this. live like this Stop anymore. This. Yes. That I just have to do something else. And what, it's so funny because I had posted something yesterday on Instagram and one of my friends talked about how brave I was. And I said, I am not brave. But it really is that quote of like, feel the fear and do it anyway. It's just the alternatives for me. There's just, I've gotten to a point where there's just no other alternatives. When I get to that place where it's, it's like, it seems brave on the outside. It does not mean I'm not scared. It doesn't mean I'm brave. I'm generally terrified, but I just can't see going on what I'm already doing. I love that. And I think it takes... You know, one of the things when we talk about how do you take action when you're scared? How do you take action when you're scared? It's hard, but I think you need to start with something small, right? Like start with something small. So for you, the reason is because confidence, we've talked about this before, confidence is area specific, which means that you might know and be extremely confident as a mom. I was extremely confident as my job as a fitness coordinator at a university getting that paycheck, right? We're confident in in specific areas. And in order to gain confidence in a new area, we have to take one small step in that direction. So that's when choice comes in. That's when choice comes in. And I want to share this tool because I do think that this is useful. It's been extremely useful for me. There's a couple, but the first is called The Reversal of Desire. This is from a book called The Tools by Barry Michaels. It's called The Tools, and there's only six tools in this book. And I love this. The Reversal of Desire says, when you are presented with a choice, right? So the choice being, I can keep doing what I've always done, or I can try something new. I can you know, keep saying this thing's too expensive and not investing, or I can do something I've never done, or I can, so we always have a choice, right? We don't have that many, but every once in a while we get a choice to continue to choose the same or to do something new. And in those moments of choice, what do you choose? And the reversal of desire is extremely simple. It is just that you choose the thing that you don't want to choose, right? So it's the reversal of desire. The desire is to stay safe. The desire is to stay secure. The desire is to stay small. I'm going to keep doing because this thing is certain. I hate this job, but I know that I'm going to get this paycheck. Humans are funny. We will choose certainty over happiness. We will choose certainty over happiness. And so the reversal of desire says in those choice moments, you choose to go through the discomfort and you make the choice to do the opposite of what you would normally want to do. The reversal of desire. That's really funny because... In 2013, and it was actually, it started with that first um, investment of the $400, which 
is nothing compared to your $10,000 investment, but at the time, $400 seemed at as much as $10,000 at the time yeah. for me. And that year, I made a decision and a declaration that anything I did not want to do or say or talk about, I had to talk <laughs> I about. I love that. And it was, it was literally a big shift in my business and change in my business too. That's when I first started talking about um, adrenal fatigue. That's when I started to talk. It just, I, w- I would talk about the things that really made me uncomfortable. And I remember writing emails where every single time if something popped into my head and I was like, ooh, I don't want to talk about that. I was like, oh, Danny, there you go. You're going to have to. And I would just do this thing where I would hit send and like close my laptop and go ball in a corner. And every <laughs> single time that I sent those things or wrote those things or posted about them, they were the ones that were the most well-received, the ones that people responded back the most to. But not even knowing the reversal of the of desire, it was just a pact I made with myself that anything I didn't want to do or I had resistance to, I had to do it. I love that. And I think, you know, especially with online business, if you guys are worried about sharing something vulnerable, I think that's a great way to start because it's so low risk. Mm -hmm. It might feel high risk, but it's the internet. You can delete it, right? Like just try it. If you hate it, you delete it and it's no longer there. So I love to use the internet and using like social media and using Facebook lives and things like that to, to practice getting out of your comfort zone. And what we were saying earlier is you just start with one small thing and then you go, wow, I was able to do Facebook live and I didn't die. Right. What's the meme? <laughs> yep. That was, I actually wrote down on my notes here, but did you die? <laughs> but, but did you die? No, you did it. And, and Hey, it's not going to be perfect. You're going to be like critiquing yourself and, and that's normal by the way. You have to go through that to get better. But you're going to see that you didn't die. You're going to see that you survived it. You're going to see now a show of evidence that you can handle it. And then you're going to be like, okay, what's next? And, you know, then a year from now, you'll be like, I can't believe I was even scared to get on Facebook Live. I can't believe I was even scared to talk about, look, if you had told me, you know, two years ago that I would be talking about my affair publicly, I would have been like, you have to be kidding me. There's no way that would ever happen. There was shame. There was embarrassment. There were all these kind of things. But the natural progression is... It's just, so when people say to you, I know they say to you and to me, you're so brave, you're so courageous, you're so inspiring, I can't believe you share that. It takes me aback a little bit because to me, it doesn't feel vulnerable anymore. Yeah. You know, it doesn't feel so catastrophic and epic to share it because I've worked my way up to that level of sharing and I know that you feel the same way. So using social media, you guys, to like start getting out of your comfort zone, it's so low risk. You can literally just delete it if you hate it. Totally. Yeah. I mean, even in that, that example, there's also this point of maybe waiting until a, a little bit longer, until some time has passed. It's not to say that um, every single thing needs to be shared or talked about or done immediately. I mean, I definitely do think you you do have to go back and say, like, if you want to leave your, your job, right? Yep. And if you have five kids to take care of and you're a single parent, we're not telling you, go tell your boss to F <laughs> off tomorrow. And then you're like, but Danny and Jill told me to and leap in the net will appear. There's calculated risk, but also there's just trusting in yourself and knowing that you can, you can handle it. So, you know, don't take this all the wrong way. And I don't think you guys are, are taking it that way at all. But it's, it is just being able to have some trust in yourself mm-hmm. um, and know when the time is right and, and then just doing it, even when you're still a little bit scared. Right. And so I'm always like, okay, so just do it, even yeah. when you're scared. But what is that? Okay, so we talked about the reversal of desire, which is how you make the choice to do the thing mm-hmm. that is outside of your comfort zone, to move towards the pain, to move towards the discomfort, to move towards the uncertainty. It's going to be extremely hard, but you're going to tap into this tiny little bit of, of uh, courage to do it. 
And one of the tools that I love when it comes to literally getting to the point of, okay, I know I have this choice. I can decide to do this or I can do this. In that choice moment, you know that you're going to choose a thing out of your comfort zone. How do you actually do it? And the tool that I use is called practical pessimism. So I've talked about this a few times and Danny and I have talked about this. This is essentially going to worst case scenario in your head. So deciding and, and asking yourself like, okay, if I quit this job, what if? And a lot of times we don't let, let ourselves go to that worst case scenario because we're scared that if it's kind of like wishing for what you don't want or it's pessimistic or it's being negative. Or I know for me as a recovering perfectionist, if I had even thought about something not working out, I made that mean that I wasn't good enough. If I, it meant I was a failure. And even thinking about that scenario in my head made me feel so uh, triggered because I didn't want to be not good enough. I didn't want to be a failure. I don't want to be criticized or judged or rejected. But practical pessimism is a very super simple way. Take out a piece of paper and you write down, okay, if I did this thing, what is the absolute worst thing that would happen? So for a lot of us, it's, you know, I don't know, becoming homeless, becoming broke, out on the street, not having the, the resource, not being able to provide for our family, whatever that thing is. And a lot of it is uh, judgment, ridicule, uh, being seen as a failure, embarrassment, shame, guilt, right? A lot of these kind of emotions too. So go to all of that, feel all of that. And it's hard, but go to that place in your mind and then ask yourself, if that transpired, would I be able to handle it? Maybe you couldn't, but in my experience, the answer is, hey, it's not ideal. In fact, it sucks. We don't want that. We never want that. But could you do it? Could you handle it? Are you strong enough to handle it? Yeah. And the second question is, if it transpired, what's one thing that you could do to get back to baseline? Could you, for me, when I was getting ready to quit my job, my full-time job, it was like, okay, if this doesn't work out, what can I do? Can I just literally get a job at Whole Foods? You know, can I get a job as a barista at Starbucks? Hopefully I'm like, they have benefits, you know? And I'm thinking to myself like, you know, and, and those are great jobs by the way, I'm not saying they're worst case scenarios, but I'm like, you know what? I could, there's always gonna be a job that I can get. It's not, and just knowing my personality, I would get the job and I would save up and I would try again. But going to those places and then going, if it happened, could I handle it? Check, yes, because you could. We're telling you right now, you could, absolutely 100% could. And then what's one step or one thing you could do to get back to baseline if that happened? And write it down, like literally write down steps of things that you could do, go out and get a job somewhere at whatever. And I think once you do and you see all the angles, it's a lot easier to make the scary choice because you go, you know, if it happened, I can figure it out. Yeah. It's almost like, and so I think it, it is, it's hard to go there immediately, but for me, it's a productivity system now. I'm just basically like, okay, I go to practical pleasant, worst case scenario, if that happened, could I handle it? Yeah, it wouldn't be awesome, but I could figure it out. And then you are able to make the jump and actually take action. Yeah. And if you're not quite there yet, let's just say, okay, worst case scenario is I have to go live with my parents. I can't handle For some reason you yeah. think you can't handle it. Okay. What can you do in order to shift your worst case scenario? So maybe that's not the worst case scenario. I think there's so many things. Mm -hmm. If you just start to work through it on paper or just talking it out, I think talking it out is really interesting too, because oftentimes we'll start to say things out loud. And as soon as you actually hear yourself say them, you're going, yeah, that's probably never going to happen. Or right. that's actually pretty worst case scenario and it still would work. So I think I love the writing it down. I love talking it out just because sometimes our imaginations are so ridiculous they really when are. we think what could happen. And 
the funny thing is, is we think of all the bad things that could happen, but we rarely think about all of the good things that could happen if we actually make that choice. Yeah. I know. It's funny because like we'll say, and I know you and, t- you and I talk to women all the time who say like, I need to make a change. I know I have. I'm so exhausted doing this thing and yet presented with the choice to do something different, whether it's to hire a coach, to quit that job, to leave their relationship, to stay, to move, to do whatever. They don't choose it. Yeah. Because it's still really scary. Yeah. And so it is, it really is hard, but you know, that kind of comes to the next thing, which is, you know, the more you make these small choices, they don't have to be big ones. They can be small ones. The more you start to, again, create and see a body of evidence that you can handle it. And what that does is it not only increases your confidence, but it increases your competence. So you go, and I know you've had this experience too. I remember for me, when I got up on stage as a figure competitor, like I would never necessarily recommend this as like a productivity system. But for me, I remember going through the first time I got up on stage and being like, wow, I can really change my body based on how I eat and I exercise. I wonder if I could start a business. Like it, it translated into the feelings of self-efficacy of yeah. like, of doing one thing. So maybe for you, it's like running a 5k, running a half marathon, whatever. A lot of that, the confidence that you build by following through and going through something hard and achieving a goal is translatable into something else. You go, wow, I wonder if I could actually, you know, get on the cover of a magazine. For me, that was what it was. That was so out of reach, but I was like, wow, I got up on stage. Wow. I want my show. I wonder if I could do a photo shoot. Oh, I wonder if I could submit to a magazine. And this took, you know, months and years, but it opened up possibilities and you become someone who is more of possibility minded than someone who is kind of scarcity minded. Yeah. I think actually that, that your figure competition is a good example because I've seen so many, I mean, as a trainer, I love seeing transformation of people. I love to see massive weight loss, loss stories, but what I would see in the transformation was the building of confidence. And I'd see somebody yeah. who maybe was like, they hated their body or they just weren't comfortable in their in their physical bodies. And as soon as they started to change and shift that and see how strong they got with lifting weights or whether they were running like 5Ks and they never did, suddenly they did make shifts in their job or their relationships yeah. because they realized they had the power. And so that's one thing I do love about exercise and just using your body physically is that can actually prove to you and make you more confident in other areas. And something that helped me as well too was giving myself deadlines. So if I was sick of something and I've always been a person and I think most people are, we, I think most people can agree. We don't like to hear somebody whine about something that they don't make an effort, right? You hear your friend at work or something and they're like always complaining that they're too fat and that they can't do, that they're just struggling. And then you see them never making an effort to go to the gym. It's like, okay, well, why don't you do something about it? Nobody wants to hear someone complain and not do something. So I would give myself deadlines, um, especially when it came to my job. I remember thinking, all right, I'm going to give myself until April. And by then I need to figure out what I'm going to do because I knew I, I was scared to leave. So it gave me enough time that I could save up, put some money in the bank to make me feel a little bit more safe to when I was ready to go. I knew I wasn't going to make as much same as Jill. I walked away from a good, I was working for the government. So I had lots of benefits. I had time off. I had you know, really people just thought I was ridiculous for leaving, but I knew I had to change and I knew I had to shift. So I started to just put money aside and put it away because I wasn't sure if I could keep that up when I left. And so I gave myself a lot of deadlines. And I think that's one way you can make this work for you too, is go, all right, if I'm still whining about this in 2019, maybe I better do something different and like push yourself to 
to do something different. And I remember even my husband, um, he was not really loving his job. And I, I remember telling him, okay, you have two choices. Either you have to change your attitude about the job yep. or you have to change the job. And I didn't really care which one he chose. But I knew that I couldn't handle him complaining about it anymore and not doing anything different. Mm -hmm. So he ended up deciding he wanted to leave the job and he gave himself a deadline of I don't remember how many months, maybe six, seven months in order to figure out what he wanted to do, get some training in that and and then be ready to go. I love the idea of deadlines. Yeah, one of my my, one of my old coaches used to say, if you complain about something three times, you're obligated to find a solution. Mm -hmm. And I love the idea of deadlines. To me, it's very much like putting yourself on the hook, yep. right? Putting yourself on the hook, and I'm a huge fan of doing that publicly. So if you know that you want to start an online business, don't be like, okay, I'll announce my online business when my website is done and my social media is set up and I get the photo shoot done. Like, don't do that. Start talking about it online publicly right now. Hey, I'm starting an online business, super pumped. I'm getting a photo shoot done soon. The website's gonna be done the next month. Like, talk about the process. And people want to be around people who are doing stuff, right? Yeah. Movers and shakers. There's something really attractive about that. So don't wait to be tapped for like the big reveal once everything's perfect. You know, we were talking about this podcast like months ago, yeah. you know, and it's still not up yet, but it's going to be. <laughs> but for us, we, we always take action. I think it's, it's one of those things that put yourself on the hook and do it publicly. Tell people that it's coming. Tell people you're in the process of it. Tell people that you're starting one or you started an online business, even if you quite haven't yet. But remember, your brain is always watching you. So when you say, I'm an online business owner, you might not have the business yet, but you become that person. And perception at the beginning is really important. So if I were you, I wouldn't wait until you have all your ducks in a row. I would start to bring people on the journey right now. Yeah, that's something I do all the time. I mean, this last totally. year, I went to um, one of Joel's mastermind events. And I had run some events in 2013-14 called um, Inspiration and Perspiration. And it had been a while since I'd done a live event. And I got really excited going to hers. And I'm like, you know, I, I want to do a live event this year again. And I literally said in June or July, I started saying, hey, I'm doing this Life AF Live. And I remember just kicking myself in the summer for <laughs> saying it. But I knew if I said it that I was going to have to do it. And I was going to have to put it out there. And of course, there were so many... Um, things that came up that just I did not want to have to actually go through with it but putting myself on the hook saying I was going to do it required me to have to do the thing and and I did yeah so if you're asking yourself how do I take action you know without seeing the whole picture without knowing exactly what's gonna happen I think one of the biggest barriers is how do I know I'm saying yes to the right things a lot of people say, I don't know if this is the right thing. I don't know if this is the right coach. I'm not sure if that's the right move. I don't know if this is the right time. I don't know if there's something else out there for me. So what would you say to someone who says, how do you know what the right action is to take? You don't freaking know. I mean, here's the thing. I, I think there is no right or wrong. And I just really don't believe there's a right or wrong because it's like that quote, you either you win or you learn. And so I really believe that you, you either get it right or you learn a lesson. You learn that it wasn't right for you at that time. And so I just don't believe in the right or wrong. And I, I really think that there's always something. It's so funny because often we'll go into something. We might invest, let's say, in a mastermind or um, a, a coach. And we go in with a certain thing. We came in with the idea of what we wanted to get out of it. Let's say we're like, okay, I wanted to go in and I wanted to, I like invested in this mastermind and I wanted to come out with a plan to know exactly what I was going to sell. And what I left with was not that at all, but ended up making three or four connections with people that 
maybe we started a business down the line. So I think oftentimes we go into it with a really like specific intention and that's what we want. But sometimes we don't know what we don't know and we don't know what we actually need. And we might get something completely different than we actually expected. And I think being open to that is really, really important. It so is. And you know, you said the exact thing, my exact answer, which was, you're never going to know what the right decision is, but just do anything. Mm-hmm. Like, honestly, the right decision is just any action that is different than what you normally would have done. There's no regrets because I didn't regret a choice. Yeah. Right. So you can, so for me, I can plop down $10,000 on a mastermind and go, I can't believe I only, you know, asked three questions or I didn't even use all my phone calls or I can, and I can be victimized by my own investment, which is a choice. Or I can just go, you know what? I made some really amazing connections. And this mastermind, even if I didn't learn a specific tool to do X, Y, Z, it leveled up my mindset to the point that I now believe. And now I'm someone who invests. And becoming, and that's where gratitude, I think, comes in too. You know, that's a huge tool is like, okay, how does how is this going to manifest and being open to that? And also just seeing yourself as someone who is a risk taker or someone who is a possibility thinker. To me, that's a huge value system. I pride myself on being a possibility thinker for other people now that I've kind of done that for myself. And so I I think it's really cool to kind of stay open to that and also to look at it like, in my mind, there is no such thing as a wrong action. Yeah, I mean, I just, it, it really is a choice to see something as a right or wrong and a choice to have regret or not. Um, I find, and you know, there's these studies that say that what is like, I think somebody asked a hundred dying people their regrets and it was more the regret of the things they did not do than the things that they did. And actually this was on my list of notes. Um, I've been, I don't know, fortunate or unfortunate enough to have friends that passed away um, early. And I say fortunate because it gave me a perspective, unfortunate because I lost the the person. But one of my friends in particular, Kelly, I think of her all the time because she was 20 when she passed away and she didn't get a chance to do so many things in life. She didn't get to have a job and make these choices and she didn't get to have children and she didn't get to live a life past 20. And so as maybe as morbid as it is, sometimes when it comes down to like when I'm thinking about a choice that I'm scared or not scared to do and I want to make that choice but I'm fearful, I go back and I literally will think of her and go almost in a way of like I have to do this for her because she didn't get a chance Mm. to. And it's almost selfish of me to hide and not take every opportunity because there are people who don't get those opportunities at all. And so if you have someone in your life that you've lost, I think you might get that. Um, if you haven't, maybe just you can think about it anyway. If, and, and like I said, it might be morbid to think, but there's literally chances and opportunities that people do not have. And I think that we have to really go, you know what? We only get one life. So, and because of that and because of people saying that, they regret more of the things they did not do than they did do. That's one of the things that pushes me to go ahead and hit submit or hit enter on something that feels scary or say, have a conversation that seems scary or move across country when that feels scary because I just know that I have this gut feeling that it's going to be more regret not doing it than actually doing it. Mm -hmm. And everything's reversible. 
Yeah. Everything is reversible. I don't have anything else to add to that. I just want to kind of run through really quickly the, the kind of tools that we talked about and um, and you can finish up if you have anything to add. So we talked about the reversal desire. We'll make sure that these books are linked in the show notes. Um, reversal desire, which is when you're presented with a choice, you choose a thing to go towards the discomfort, to go towards the pain, to go towards the uncertainty. And that's really tough. So what do you do in that moment to be able to do that thing? It is practical pessimism. It is asking yourself, if that worst case scenario, the thing I'm so terrified, actually happened, would I be able to handle it? And what could I do in that scenario? What would be one or two steps that could bring me back to balance? And then the last thing is, we touched upon a little bit, which is the confidence competency loop, right? The more confidence you gain, the more competent you become at doing things. So for example, we use the Facebook Live example. You and I have blog things that are super scary. You know, I have a bunch of coaching clients who like you will press publish on a post and then go hide from social media for the rest of the day. But when you do that, you start to gain some reps. You start to get some wins under your belt and you start to doing those things seems a lot easier. Threshold for discomfort gets a lot higher. Is that it? Higher or lower? Uh, Your threshold gets... Your threshold gets higher. Lower. lower. <laughs> <laughs> Your threshold for discomfort gets lower. Yeah, lower. You know, and so the better you become at discomfort, the better you become in general, in the way I see things. And the more confident you become, the more competent you become at doing new things. And it gets a lot easier and you start to trust yourself more and you start to feel like your self-efficacy is more. And then the more you do, the more confident you become. So it's that feed-forward cycle. And it all starts with one tiny action and the actions can get bigger and bigger and bigger doesn't have to be huge doesn't have to be leaving your job leaving your relationship moving across the country doesn't have these big things it can be literally posting something on social media that feels scary and it's always deletable yeah and the only thing i want to add to this is we had a conversation in mexico with a guy who was saying i believe he was just afraid of doing something i can't even remember exactly what it was but he said well isn't it human nature to doubt yourself and i I was starting to like nod my head like, yes. And then I go, you know, I don't think that it is. If you look at a child, a one or two year old baby who's learning how to walk, they don't fall down and then just stop and think, hmm, I don't think I'm getting this. I'm not, I'm going to just stop right now. They just keep going and they keep trying. So I really believe that it's human nature for us to keep going and acting in spite of fear. I think it's a learned, uh, I think fear is a learned thing and there was probably some point in our lives where somebody critiqued us or we were afraid of getting that critique again but i really believe if you tap into your innate human nature your innate human nature is to take risks and to just keep going and believe in yourself and so if you ever doubt that just go watch some little kids and maybe (laughs) get your inner child to come back a little bit I love that. Good. Well, I hope you guys have some insight. Um, We always try to share as many stories and examples as we can because I think there's an opportunity for you guys to see yourself in some of those stories or maybe some of the people in your lives in those stories. But always we are open to feedback. Um, And I would love to hear how this goes for you. So maybe write down what's one thing that maybe you're dragging your feet on. What's one thing that you know is out of alignment for you? It's something that you you know is not quite right. Maybe you don't know what the, the right answer is but you know that something needs to change, just write it down. What And then what are a couple of possible alternative scenarios to that thing? Write it down and then, like Danny said, put yourself on the hook, get your deadline in place, 
And I like to put yourself on the hook publicly. So maybe you come to the Facebook group, the Best Life Podcast Facebook group, and you tell us the thing and you tell us the deadline so we can keep you accountable. It definitely helps having friends who understand and people around you who are also possibility thinkers. So definitely connect with us there. Yes. And thank you guys so much for joining us. Make sure that you subscribe. If you haven't yet, please leave a review. We would love that. And if you have people who you would know need this message, please share it with them and... We will see you in thebestlifepodcast.com, which is a Facebook group. Um, See you at The Best Life Podcast on Instagram and anywhere else on the interwebs. Yeah, man. All right. We'll see you guys later. Bye. Bye. Bye.